howdy y'all and welcome to another episode of the daily grind i'm your host john spencer and with me today is marisa science almost the, the so, humble co-host <laughs> <laughs> so yes this is a fantastic week uh marisa is gonna join me for the first part of the daily grind these weeks for brewing my brain and sharpening your wit and so Again, we'll just look at some of those historical facts and highlights of today's date, some random thoughts to kind of get our brain gears going, and uh, then it'll just be me doing the Enhance Your Faith part this week. Welcome to the Daily Grind, and let's get this show on the road. Well, now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Wednesday, June 28th. And in 1914, World War I, originally and inappropriately named the War to End All Wars, <laughs> began with the assassination of Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Sarajevo. Mercedes-Benz was formed by Gottlieb Dalmer and Karl Benz. They merged their two com- companies. In 1997, on June 28th, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear in the third round of their heavyweight rematch, earning a disqualification. I remember that. I do too. You know, I think that might be a literal soundbite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not funny, but it is funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. It's going... It's really eerie. (laughs) (laughs) That's an eerie story. (laughs) It's an eerie story. Okay. Okay. In 2009, on June 28th, Stephen Hawking threw a party for time travelers. He announced the party the day after it happened. And according to Hawking's, no one showed up. (laughs) Clever. June 28th is Tapioca Day. And when I was a kid, that was my favorite kind of pudding. I've never had it. My sister would never eat it because she said that she thought it looked like fish eggs and glue. (laughs) Oh, sir. Well, there you go. For the math uh, people in our life out there, um, it is also Tau Day. You'll have to Google that. T-A-U. Risa, do you have any idea of any other events that happen on the 28th? Uh, 28th? Oh, it's my cousin's birthday. <laughs> the audience isn't that big, but I would say if you have a birthday and would like it announced on the Daily Grind, that we would be willing to do that. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. The human body is roughly 125,822 calories. Who figured that out? I have no idea. Probably somebody got some grant. Um, (laughs) Marisa, if you have eight nickels, you have two paradigms. (laughs) When you think about it, a mirror always looks twice as dirty than it actually is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Hey, Maritza, if you've ever looked at the face of a dollar bill and noticed that big letter, uh, those letters represent which Federal Reserve Bank printed it. Uh, but they don't necessarily make sense because the letter E means that it was printed at the Richmond Federal Reserve. Okay. American Graffiti, the movie, uh, yeah. its budget was exactly $777,777.77. Hmm. And it was delivered on time and on budget. Yeah, I just think that's interesting. Did you know that chili, fajitas, and corn dogs were all invented in Texas? No. Yeah. The average of 49 and 50 is 49.50. I don't know why I think that's funny, but apparently I do. Stan Lee has been in more superhero movies than any super. That's true. There you go. You know that time flies like an arrow and fruit flies like a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I find that joke appealing. Two banana puns in a row. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> Marisa, thanks for joining me uh, on the Daily Grind for this first half again this morning. I'm oh, so glad you're thanks. with me. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, banana pun to close out. <laughs> And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enhance our faith. The Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6, 9 through 10. And it is right in the middle of Jesus's longest recorded message, Sermon on the Mount. And I think if we want to understand really kind of what's going on in the Lord's Prayer, we need to understand its context. I know, big surprise that exist on this ball of mud that we call earth. He takes common accepted beliefs, traditions, and he flips them. And he reveals that his kingdom compared to the way that this broken fallen world operates is completely upside down. Actually, his kingdom is right side up and the world is upside down. What he's really doing is painting a picture, I think, of what a true follower of Jesus is going to look like. I mean, I think a lot of times we read those Sermon on the Mount things and we think, wow, those are aspirations and good ideas. I think Jesus actually expects those of us who are following him to live and act like that. And it's revolutionary too. And it's a pattern. You know, his followers asked him to teach them how to pray. Obviously, they came to him with that question after watching him, seeing how he prayed. He gives them this short template. And it's really the themes, the the main ideas in this prayer that we really should incorporate into our prayers. I know that sometimes 
our prayer life can get out of balance. Maybe we focus too much on asking God for stuff. You know, it's petitions. But there's this idea that we should acknowledge, you know, who God is. There's an aspect of awe and worship. There is petition, but there's also an idea of confession and intercession. And it's not these words themselves. Jesus didn't say, hey, here is an incantation or a magical formula. You can pray these prayers. Absolutely. But I think the idea Jesus was given his followers, giving us, was that we should pattern our prayer life to look like this. So you'll find it, Matthew chapter 6, he tells them to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Before we start, I think it's important to note that this is not an individualistic prayer, but it's a communal prayer. It's not a prayer for you or me. It's a prayer for you and me. And we'll see in a little bit later, this prayer is really not about you and me. It's about God. But this prayer starts with our Father and give us and forgive us and as we and lead us. It's community. Again, we're grafted and called and we're following Jesus. We're doing it as his church. We're doing it as his body. John 17 cool thing if you want to do this you should take the lord's prayer and you should look at jesus's prayer in john 17 it's the longest prayer that we have written down of jesus's and he prays these same themes in john 17 that he does right here in the lord's prayer in fact he even holds to a similar pattern so jesus is given an example of going hey this is how you should pray and he prays that so the lord's prayer, I think, teaches us not just what to pray about. So let's just break down these verses. Think about them in maybe ways that we take for granted, because sometimes familiarity can breed contempt. And you hear something so often that you kind of just read on and hear and listen to the thing without stopping and really thinking about, wow, what just happened there? Our Father, the opening prayer we take for granted. It seems normal to us. But in first century Palestine, people who are hearing Jesus talk about this is how you talk to God in a personal term that reveal how accessible God is to us. Man, that is a punch in the... It's a knockout punch. The Jews in the audience were shocked by Jesus having this kind of relationship with God and saying that God is not way off and distance, but rather like a father who loves his children. And so the Lord's prayer starts off with teaching us he loves us. Hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. I mean, we should still come, even though we have this access and even though God loves us and is familiar, there is something about acknowledging who God is that we should be uh, having a sense of awe and how it is. 
and that we understand his name is sacred. It is holy. Doesn't mean we got to use a bunch of fancy words uh, or make ourselves holier, more religious. We just come as we are, but we should still come into his presence with a sense of awe. And we pray that your kingdom would come, which is really an acknowledgement of saying, hey, we don't belong to any geopolitical system, any kingdom of this earth. Jesus is saying, it's my kingdom that you belong to, and my kingdom is different. And we need to pray, God, let your kingdom come. And we should pray that I think it comes soon. And we pray that may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a reminder that this prayer, not about us, it's about God. And it's about his will. I think most of us want to believe that, hey, our life is, you know, a movie in which we are the stars. But it's really God's story. And he is the star. And we are privileged to come in and have a part in that story. And I think we all need reminding it that our lives are about fulfilling God's will, not our own. And so it's a reminder that I need to constantly let the Holy Spirit help me abandon my wrong-placed desires at times and ask for His grace and help me to walk in step with that Spirit to remind myself that it is about God's will and it's about His kingdom. And give us this day our daily bread. Right now, trust God for our present needs to be met. The middle of this prayer has to do with, hey, the things we need to live. Our physical needs, what we need to live right here in this life now, it is okay to come to God and ask for those. But not selfishly, but give us. It means we need to be mindful of others. Not just our needs, but the needs of those around us. And then he says, you know, forgive us our debtors or forgive us our sins. So he meets our physical, immediate life needs here. And then he meets our forever eternal life needs. That God is not just concerned with the here and now, although he is because he cares about us and he's present with us right now. But he has a plan for us for the future when he comes and reestablishes a new heaven, a new earth. And then as we forgive others, as we forgive our debtors, I think it's interesting that Jesus here makes an assumption that when we've been forgiven, we will forgive. Because he doesn't say in this prayer that you should forgive others. His assumption is that you will forgive others. And I don't know how we cannot. If we understand the gravity of what we were forgiven, what we have been forgiven, of how can we not extend that to others? Um, God's grace is bigger than that. And I think that this part of the prayer teaches us, if we're going to follow Jesus, to recognize the amount that we've been forgiven so that we can extend that forgiveness to those that are around us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Is an acknowledgement that I cannot make this on my own that God alone is my strength, that it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this human body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. 
and and it's Christ who is my life. God is my strength, and I need to acknowledge that I need to stay in tune with that Holy Spirit and walk in Him to have Him guide and direct me. That I cannot do that on my own strength. And so, through prayer, we actively lean on and depend on and collaborate with God. So as you go throughout your day to days, we're thinking about prayer. I would say stop and and just think about using the Lord's Prayer as that kind of template. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you for joining me on another episode of The Daily Grind. And remember, any biblical text, without its historical, grammatical, literary context, is a pretext. That is an opportunity, falsely taken, for a proof text. That's a text that I think we have misconstrued or abused or weaponized in order to make it say something that it's not saying. Any text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. Grace and peace. Hope to see you tomorrow on the Daily Grind.